0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Shop, And with me, I have the one and only Brian Fuller from Power Rowing over in Brookline,
2: Massachusetts. Brian, how's it going today? Uh, it's going great. I'm uh, happy to be part of uh, Jim Lord's uh, podcast today and, and talk a little bit about my business and where we're going. Awesome, man!
1: Excited to have you. Um, so let's kick it off. I would like to to start this off with our viewers is kind of paint the vision for our members uh, listening here, our audience listening. You know, like what transpired from you starting up your power rowing and kind of you know like what what's like the vision behind it.
2: Um, so I'm a little older. I'm uh, 53. Um, I started this business about just under six years ago. Um, I was a a bank auditor for about 12 years, and um, about uh, ironically, right when I started doing that, I uh, um, I started rowing on the water through a uh, an exchange program that uh, offered free rowing for veterans. I'm a veteran. And uh, I thought that'd be great I'd check it out. So I, I jumped in and, and uh, like a lot of people when you, you know, first time rowing or first time cycling or something like that, you like kind of really dive into it. And it became a big part of my life. And somewhere around about seven years ago, I was like, I just don't wanna be an accountant anymore. And um, I said, I'm gonna give this a try. There wasn't a whole lot of rowing studios across the country about six years ago. In fact, I think there was about 10. Um, <clears throat> I know because I, I spoke to many of them. I you know, called them up and talked to them about it. Uh, I went to classes at Row House and, um, and uh, a couple of other studios that, w- that were available. I had to actually drive to New York to go to them. And uh, I said, you know what, I think I can do this. I think, I think this is something I want to do. And um, I took the plunge. I opened up a place here in Brookline and we've been going ever since.
1: Awesome, that's great. What I love rowing personally. Um, you know, obviously, if, if you've known much about Orange Theory, obviously sure. you know one Be of the big part of
2: it. We get we get orange theory people all the time.
1: Yeah. So, and obviously, I'm sure you see like all sorts sorts of rowing form, you know, good, bad, in between, like we're gonna sort break thing. the back, we're gonna bend the knees, you know, all the, the cool yeah. stuff or the yeah. not so cool stuff. Um, you know, um, going from a bank teller to gym owner, that's that's awesome. Um you know, uh, or in the banking world, I should say, uh, this is I, a bank
2: auditor. It's fine. Bank, yeah. bank that's That's a step up from bank auditor. Go ahead. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the passion behind that, you know, what to you, uh, what does rowing mean to you? Like, how does it make uh-huh. you feel knowing, you know, that y- you're, you're instilling this into others now? Like what, what's your passion with rowing?
2: So r- rowing is a, is a, fairly unique exercise in that um, like if you if you do weightlifting or if you go jogging or if you do spin class um, most of those things are uh, complementary workouts so like if you weightlift that that's not enough for you you got to do something cardio Um, if you do spin class you find you're only really working out half of your body um if you do yoga, you, you don't get any cardio, not really any um kind of any kind of muscular development. So w- rowing is like a, a really strange uh uh workout in that you, you really almost get everything. It's 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 almost a, the most efficient workout you can do. It's uh, you know, we get a lot of people that have, have been runners their whole life, but the impact has just destroyed them. So they come over to rowing because rowing's low impact. You know, we get a lot of people who do Pilates that, that good, get good muscle toning, but they don't do any cardio, so they, they come over to try out rowing. Um, we get a lot of people that do, like, cycling, uh, and then they find that, you know, cycling is really only a half-body workout, so they come on over rowing. So it's, you know, I don't want to say it's a, it's a perfect workout, but it's 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 the most complete workout. and And if I get you hooked on rowing, I find, you know, a lot of people don't have the time to say, work out three different things all week. the the Monday, Friday is going to be leg day and then spin on Tuesday and then yoga on Saturday. And then uh, Thursday will be like some sort of Pilates, something like that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you could do that, or you could just simply row three days a week or four days a week and get that complete sort of workout. Um, so, but for me, the, the thing that I love most about rowing is is rowing is kind of a lifetime workout, um, and a, a lot of people want. I, I I talk to them about that. They I I kind of say like boy in your twenties you can play basketball five days a week you're great you know but nobody plays basketball in their forties uh, why because you're gonna get hurt you, know, you just can't do it. Um, you know, there's a few rare exceptions, but for the most part you're gonna turn an ankle or do something. But rowing's one of those things. Where, you know we literally have people as young as say. Eleven years old, and they go all the way up to I think our oldest rower is I think eighty three or eighty four, uh, and sometimes they'll be in the same class together, which is also a very unique thing. If you you know if you go to like a spin class, everybody's in their twenties. You know, you go to a yoga class, you know, it's like everybody's in their thirties. You know, when you go to you gotta, um, so so rowing's really it's a sport that can be approached by anybody for any fitness level, any age level. And it's a sustainable exercise for a lifetime. So that's sort of that's a long answer, but that's a rower means to me.
1: No, it, it's it's great, and I I align with that because every time I hop on the rower and it's a two thousand meter row or a, you know a five hundred meter row, I'm sitting there gassed in like two minutes or six minutes or whatever it's, you know it's going to take depending on what it is. So uh, I it's it's definitely you're you're one hundred percent working all your muscles. I mean, from your legs all the way to pulling the handlebar, like it's yeah sure. Yeah, it's yeah, short and sweet. And um, so with that, you know, uh, kind of explain to our audience, you know, w- what can somebody expect when they come into power rowing? Like what's kind of like the elevator pitch, like the onboarding from like when they walk in, like what, you know, what exactly do you offer in the rowing class and things like that?
2: So um, we're, you know, I, I, I say this all the It's very easy to say, but we're very different than most gyms. Um you know, like if you go to a spin studio, their goal is not to get you on a bike and get you outside. Their goal is to keep you in the studio and keep you on the bike. Um, we get a lot of people on the water. You know, uh, we don't necessarily make any profit off that, which is <laughs> not a great idea. But, but you know, we put together people on teams and we get them in a crew boat and get to the, get them the opportunity to have a real experience, like what's like on the water. So, uh, our classes are, are geared towards. Uh, like speed and cardio, but also form. And so, when you come on any one of our classes, you could simply come in and just get your workout. But there's there's the opportunity to do a lot more. Uh, you can, you know, um, we do a, we really emphasize form here, and not just in we're not going to make sure you don't hurt yourself. But like if you were sitting in a crew boat, you know, what would you some of the things you should think about? Like you have all our commands and crew commands. Um and in that regards I think we're different than most studios. Uh, most studios has like you know get you in, get you out, you had your workout, we're done. Yeah. This, is, this is more of like a um really kind of change your mindset about like what we're doing here. Uh we we have like uh, kids classes where we're literally trained, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, uh introduction to erging and then and then we eventually get them on the water. Uh, and we have like adult classes, which are primarily geared towards cardio, but with an emphasis of like we get you on and off the erg quite a bit, Where like a spin class, you just sit in the spin bike the whole time. The rowing machine, we get you off, we do abs, we we'll do arms, we'll do legs, back on the back of the erg. Um, but we also do um, uh, personal training. Uh, we have a lot of people come to us. Uh, you know I'm trying to make a crew team we got to get our 2000 meter time down to get on the team so we have different trainings for them and then we have like sort of like a, an intense training program also so like we have our standard class and we have like an intense class we call it the crash class uh, it's named for the crash bees which is a uh, indoor rowing competition it's held in uh, Boston know, for about 30 or 35 years now and um so that we have like a, a different program for that. So like, I'll actually uh, we actually program your machine to set to your abilities. It's a little bit complicated. I don't necessarily want to dig too deep into it, but essentially they have a separate workout just for people yes. to do that, and their workouts geared towards them. So if Adam, if you did like a standard seven minute two k, your all your workouts would be focused around your ability to do a seven minute two k, um, and then. Uh, and then finally, we have another another thing. In addition to that, we do a, uh, a thing called Border Rowers. Uh, and Border Rowers is like a, a virtual challenge, and you you can either do teams or solos. Like right now, we're virtually rowing the Nile River, and uh, we have like a, a map, and you're kind of moving up the, the Nile, and and you record your meters every day. And, and this is largely for people who just want to log a lot of meters, log a lot of meters. And they want that motivation to go log those meters. Um, so, yeah, so we have everything from kids' classes to this kind of virtual thing that's, that's for people all around the world.
1: Awesome. That, uh, it's, it's almost like you're putting the fundamentals kind of behind and, and, and almost like empowering them in the, the studio. You're not just churning and burning. You're not just, all right, get in for class. Here we go. Turn them out. It's like there's more like instilling in them while they're there.
2: Hundred uh, percent agree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, we're we're really a rowing studio, not just a studio that has erg machines. Right. Yeah. Like there
1: there's purpose behind it too. So like, yes, they're gonna get a great workout. Yes, they're gonna you know sweat and burn calories and all that good stuff. But they're also gonna leave with knowledge and like, oh, like I didn't really know that before. And like, you know, each different type of rowing is gonna mean certain things. And um, I think that's great because people are gonna want to keep coming back because. It sounds like you're one of the only studios, if not the only studio that instills that type of knowledge inside your classes.
2: Uh, you could probably make that argument, unless, unless it was actually a boathouse or something like that. But, but that would actually be a crew team. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be
1: that. Yeah. Um, so that that's great, right? Um, right now, like inside your facility, like how many members are you currently servicing?
2: Um. We're way down from COVID. COVID really uh, really did a number on us. But uh, prior to COVID, we had about 150 members. We're, we're not a very big studio. Uh, we have like, uh, we had 18 rolling machines, we're down to 12, um, but uh, we had you know, like 30, we had 38 classes a week prior to COVID. We had about 150 members. Um, we were doing about 400 people a week. Um, which is a lot for a little tiny studio like this. Now we have 12 rowing machines that we have maybe 16 classes a week and we have about uh, 45, 50 members. So it's, it's we're down easily by two thirds yeah. uh, from where we were. Uh, the, the good news is we've been on kind of a steady growth pattern probably since mid-summer um, and uh, hopefully, I, I don't foresee us getting back to those numbers at least at least for another year till next January. Um, but but we are definitely starting to pick up some steam, and we're selling out more and more classes. I'm trying to find great people to hire. Um, it, it's is <laughs> because we've kind of become that studio that's like we're all about rowing. Uh, we almost exclusively hire just. Crew people. <laughs> so I've uh, narrowed the field from this big to this big, to like finding really qualified people. So, not yeah. only, I mean, I, I'm sure you've taught classes, Adam. I, I think you mentioned that uh, there's a certain personality type that can teach a class, and there's a certain personality type that can't teach a class. Um, so, there's, <clears throat> you not only have to be able to row crew or row or be able to earn correctly. You also got to have that kind of that big personality, like "Let's go, we can do this, you got it, let's push, push, push." Um, Because nobody wants to take a class where where Adam just sits there quietly alone by himself and like, I guess we follow along. I I don't know. I mean, and then nobody wants that class. They they want Adam in their face. You say, "Let's go, what are you doing? Let's go, pick it up." You know, Uh, they they can taste the sweat. They taste the sweat. (laughs) So uh, if they can't taste, if the instructor can't bring that, then they're not they're not really bringing any value because people people need that interaction they need that that motivation to push 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 um so yeah, so we have a it's pretty difficult to find really great people. Uh, I've been fortunate I do have some great people working for me, but I would like to have some more great people working for me I feel like you
1: and everybody else out there would love to have great people yeah um yeah, yeah. um no, that's you know like you narrow the playing field, but then you weed out the people that are like just there for a paycheck or a job or. Okay you know, like you, you want somebody that cares. And I wholeheartedly relate to that because you, you can teach somebody how to coach, but you cannot teach somebody a personality. If if it ain't there.
2: I almost hire personality first and then almost crew second, but like they gotta be able to do crew. I mean, they gotta be able to understand the fundamentals of rowing. Um, I've hired people in the past that were not rowers, but they've been with me for a year and I got them on the water. And so they sort of became rowers. Um, but like, it's, you just almost can't okay just grab somebody off the street and be like, we're doing this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's a challenge. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. But definitely the, you know, it, it'll pay off. The reward will be there, you know, because you're, you're not looking <laughs> for. A... I'm so rich now. I... <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, I don't think I asked, but how big is your current facility? Like square footage wise.
2: Uh, we're about eighteen hundred square feet, but uh, that's really not real. The workout room is about a thousand. We have a, a tremendously huge lobby. It just works out the way the building's designed. Um, way bigger lobby than than most uh, most studios have. Like a a nook, and then the yeah gym. a little a little um, half yeah, office yeah a little half office kind of thing with a with a laptop. Um, yeah, so we're we have like a I believe, I even have a little office here, so you can see all the. Like I a we used to, used to do some fitness, uh, like some boxing classes and rowing and, and this, like, yeah, some, yeah. Some this. But yeah, uh, yeah, we have way bigger space than we actually need for that regards. But we have about a thousand square foot. That's really the right answer.
1: Okay. A thousand. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that office reminds me of when I walked into, uh, when I was in Oklahoma, it was literally like four itty bitty little walls. And there was like a, a, a quarter of a desk in one chair.
2: And you, yeah. you couldn't even, like, fit more than three people in there. Yeah, I have, like, uh, uh, all my paperwork back here in a little cabinet. And then my, I have a sound system next to me, which is, actually takes up a ton of space. And then, yeah, that's, the, that's it. The, it's not that much to hear. This is the, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it was a broom closet before.
1: Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Um, well, with, you know, like, obviously, you said, you know, prior to COVID, you know, you're right around 150. You're about, you know, 50 or so now. You know, what... What ideally, you know, would get you, you know, like what, what's your target number? Like what obviously in mind you want to, you know, get to that number, but like what's your overall goal with the studio as far as like you know, target number of members, you know, adding more classes or machines or stations, things like that?
2: Um that's really a great question. Uh I, I don't I don't want to shoot for one or was before. So I mean, honestly, if I get to about 80 members. We start to get back to making some money, um, and probably two more instructors and maybe two more machines, and then I feel like that's a good place for us. And then we'll just gradually grow up from there. So, yeah, but like I said, about twenty members, two machines, but two more instructors. I think we'll be in pretty good shape. Shape, yeah, um, yeah. We're kind of limping along right now, um, but like the classes are pretty full though. Uh, like our last three classes have been sold out. Um, so that tells me there's a demand for, it. we need more classes, but now I need more instructors and now I need a couple of rowing machines. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a domino effect, you know, but that's, it's a good problem to have. Right. Um, you know, much, much better than all the classes that have one person. in them. Uh, so the fact that they're all kind of just about selling out is, is a really good thing. It's not, it's not every day. It's like, like Monday, Tuesdays are great. And then, wednesday and thursday as well, then friday and saturday saturday is crazy and then sunday's crazy um you know ideally it's, it's it's crazy all week long but we're not we're not quite there yet so we still have some room to grow uh just where we're at organically mm-hmm. uh and then we'll have to add some stuff in
1: yeah and then yeah like you said domino effect yeah it's uh i've been there where it's like two people in class and you're like looking on one side looking at their side and you're like all right guys personal training day
2: personal training day it's okay it's not, it's so okay. you know, we, we, I've had you know, i two people classes before, yeah. especially, especially during COVID. There was lots of those two people classes, but uh, but you know you, you're here to do a job and, and you treat it like there's 10 people or 20 people in the class. And, and that's then, right. You still got the same uh, energy and. Yep. I, I joke
1: and I'm like, all right, guys, we're doing walking lunges for an hour. They look at me like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, Brian. Um, so with like your, you know, your current status with your membership base and everything, I'm going to dive in kind of like a little more business side. Um, what, what things are in place right now to help be able to get to that number over the course of, you know, obviously you said you want to get back to, you know, above, you know, net positive. So like what, you know, what things are in place, like, what are you doing that's helping attract members leads in the door, you know, those first initial classes.
2: Um, not, not as much as I should be doing. Uh, we have like little, you know, those little A-frames out front, a pitchy logo on it and stuff like that. Come on in. Oh, yeah. Some banners. Some we run an occasional Facebook ad or Google ad. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure what the return on effort is on those. Uh, they'll send me a thing saying, oh, it was open 270 times, but I, I'm not sure how that translates into anything um we we don't we don't do any advertising really outside the studio like I think it was a' it was a train station right up the street uh we could put some stuff there, but it's it's frighteningly expensive oh my God, it's like twenty five hundred dollars a month to put a sign in um I just can't justify that I wouldn't have to be out of get.
1: You'd have to get a lot of like ROI for sure.
2: Yeah, I have to get ten members out of that per month. I just don't see it happening. Um, it would be interesting to do once, but I just, I, I just don't want to do the expenditure for that. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a. Um, honestly, marketing is is after hiring great people. Marketing is the number one problem. Like uh, I, I don't, I don't have a very good answer for marketing. Uh, you know, we did the. You know obviously we made everything SEO but like Yeah you know and like like we'll get calls from like Yelp and Groupon and like you know sign up with us and um yeah I, I I don't have a great answer for marketing. Um I I wish I did. We I have I have one person she was a trainer here now she she just moved away but she's gonna start doing Instagram posts for us on a regular basis so like we'll take a video of a class and she'll put it together um in a mashup and post on instagram uh just to give us more content uh we have quite a bit of content but still it's like you know we always want the content to be fresh 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 um but yeah realistically i wouldn't say that there's a a whole ton um that we do marketing wise mm-hmm. really just uh we have great reviews like really really good reviews um and word of mouth and you know that's probably like what 90% of all studios have already but yeah there would be nice if we had something um something to drive that that lead gen yeah. So yeah, well, there's a little bit more buzz. We we are doing a uh, we meaning me um, have just announced that I'm gonna. So uh, you, you don't know this, but like, well, we didn't talk about this yet. But uh, about 12 years ago, um, I, I rode across the Atlantic Ocean as as part of a uh, uh, as a part of a fundraiser to help pay for this military um uh, rowing program that I was part of and the rowing program was brand new it was like you get out of iraq you get out of afghanistan and you're a little bit um trying to put things together and having a, a program like rowing where it's it's very um it's honestly rowing is very military it's, it's approach you have a mission where are go about rowing you have a team it's eight people you have someone telling you what to do you do your thing you come back it's it's it's, it's very, um, for someone who served, it's like oh, makes perfect sense. Um, so I, I really enjoyed my time doing that. And to promote the program, I did this row across the Atlantic Ocean in two thousand twelve, and uh, we were super successful. The team, but I, I was the only American on the team, and uh, so I raised some money for this program. So in a year and a half, I'm going to do this do this again, and we're going to try to raise. Way more money this time. I, I have much bigger uh, connections with rowing now than I had 12 years ago. I've never rowing studio and have like an audience. And, uh, yeah. So I, I expect I should be able to raise six figures um, if I have a year and a half to plan for it. And then uh, we're gonna actually gonna row from we're gonna leave from Boston and row to London. And I I, I bring it up because it's uh, it's gonna be. Quite a few articles I'll probably do a little bit of radio and maybe even a TV spot um, so in a sense like I guess what I'm trying to say is like I'm gonna get a lot of uh, ancillary marketing talking about a fundraiser for uh, a military program uh, that i'm that I'm working on uh, so uh yeah so your to your point that that will be marketing for us. I just all I have to do is row three thousand miles no big deal. <laughs> across the open ocean. <laughs> sharks smell, uh, it's fine uh, the, the sharks are really not the problem it's it's, yeah. it's uh, rolling off the boat and then getting lost at sea is the problem uh, the, you, sharks, the sharks are what's left when you've been lost right they, they, they smell that,
1: <laughs> that blood and they're like alright snack time so, yeah, they just, um, yeah. <laughs> real quick uh, so I actually had you know a friend that um, my fiance worked with and they did like a paddle boarding not nearly as far as what you're doing but they kind of did something similar what was like a paddleboard from like you know Florida it's like the Bahamas right it was like that step so my point mm-hmm. is with you know like you know i'm assuming there's going to be like is a, a group that's going to be doing like this this of us. So like, i'm the captain yeah yes um are you going to have like boats or like like um any type of like not not like safety precaution but like like somebody watching you guys do this as you're going across, you know, food, what, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh,
2: all the food's on the boat. Okay, so we basically have uh, mountain climber's food, so it's all freeze dried. So yeah, there's small little packets that will be about you know, this big, like mre, MRE. And yeah, mre, yeah. You pour hot water in. Uh, so all the food's on the boat already. Uh, so food's never really an issue because you generally bring like fifty percent or twice as much as you would expect to use so there's we think it's going to take 40 days maybe 45 so we'll have 90 days for the food we'll say we'll, we'll take 90 days it's, we'll probably only take 70 days with food it's, it's be ridiculous anyway but the um my point is uh uh and then we have a water maker on board and we have a little thing they call a jet boil we heat up water with that and so that that's our food and water um as far as taking videos and stuff there'll be cameras on the boat and uh, we'll have a drone with us to do some footage above the boat. Yeah. Because um, we're actually, uh, one of the guys that's coming is a, uh, he owns a, uh, a business training company. So, like, if you want to make training videos. So, he's actually, he's going to help, help produce a movie out of the, the trip. So, there'll be a, probably, like, a one-hour documentary. Um, but to, to your point, no, there's no boat. No it's just you boat. guys, and that's it. We're the boat. So well, what I went across last time it was just us. Um, the, There's a race that runs from Spain to Barbados or Spain to Aruba. They, they do it. They change it up every couple of years. Yeah. And it's called the Talisphere Whiskey Challenge. It's owned by Talisphere Whiskey. And it's called the World's Most Dangerous Race. Because you're essentially a, a boat. You're a rowboat all on your own. Yeah. And it's like say 40, 40 rowboats all push off from... Uh, the Canary Islands, and they row 3,000 miles to either, like I said, either Barbados or Aruba. Um, and, and yes, every year somebody has to be rescued. Um, but um, the routes that we take, either Boston, London, or Spain to Barbados, are both heavily shipped routes. So at any given time, there's probably a boat within 50 or 100 miles of you, um, which doesn't sound like much, but it's probably 12 hours away. I was going to say um, it's slightly comforting, I guess. Slightly comforting. Uh, the boat we're in, uh, you know, I don't think it can really sink. Um, it's like a foam core carbon fiber boat. So even if you poked holes in it, it would still kind of flow at the surface. Okay. Uh, so it would never actually sink. And then we have a, an inflatable, with those little triangle inflatable things. You climb yeah. inside. Um so we have that and life preservers and because we're doing the North Atlantic, we have to do uh cold weather suits. So if you like, if you fall in the water, is 50 degrees You get an hour, give or take. Um, so we have a cold weather gear for that as well. So, you know, almost regardless of what happens, if something happens to us, you know, like there'll be someone to come along to pick us up. Um, Cause we radio for help. There's a, two or three different kinds of ways we can radio for help, too. So not, we're, we're not just spending on one little radio. We have, uh, we have a sat phone, we have a, a, a radio, and then everything called an eperb. Uh We don't have to get into all the details, but like essentially you pull it, and it just sends out a beacon, and like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: everybody knows, maritime laws, if you see the beacon, you have to go to it. Um, and they'll pick us up.
1: So. Awesome. That is a mighty challenge, and, uh, but that's marketing, oh, marketing,
2: right there. I get to a yeah. newspaper. Oh, by the way, I'm at power rowing. It's a rowing. You go three thousand miles across the. Yeah, come check us out. So yeah. Um,
1: no, well that that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, good luck to you. Um, you. you know when that time comes, that's uh, a that's, that's a lot lot different than uh you know running across the country. You know, there's a, a whole other.
2: Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think running across the country probably more dangerous, honestly. Uh, if you think, like, uh, you're running across the country, you're, like, on the side of the highway. Yeah, that's true. 3500 yeah, yeah, miles. <laughs> like this, I mean, uh, people always like, oh, my God, sharks, 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 sharks. I mean, like, I mean, how many people in a boat has ever been attacked by a shark? It's like the number is infinitesimally small, like, not non-existent. The biggest sharks in the world, you're in a rowboat, they just leave you alone because they don't think of the boat as food um, yeah unless, unless you have blood dripping off the <laughs> adam you're in the blood hopefully there's gonna be no blood dripping off any of nah. us <laughs> they're just we're just to gonna be hard <laughs> to finish all
1: <laughs> uh, those jaws movies
2: yeah yeah um i i think uh it's it's honestly more dangerous with whales because uh whales will are very curious they'll come over to the boat and check us out okay but when we rode last time uh a, uh, a gray whale came over the boat and within about a, two or three feet of us and like surfaced. And like it's, you know, our boat's 30, 35 feet long. This, the one we're going to row this time is a little smaller, probably 27. But it, it was like 40 feet long, the, the gray whale. And it's way bigger, you know, like, I don't know, 20 tons, 25 tons. Yeah. Uh, like all it has to kind of do is just bump into us and, you know, that will be it um that's way more dangerous i think than a shark i mean we we do get in the water every once in a while just to kind of like wash off um i don't know how much we'll be doing that in the north atlantic where it's not that warm uh we may just jump in and pull right back out i think the threat of being attacked by something in that quick jumping and jumping out is probably pretty small
1: fair assumption uh well best of luck to you on that Uh, um yeah absolutely of course um Couple last last questions here um as we get ready to wrap up. Sure. Uh and like we could probably talk for days and hours about just so much stuff, but um two two questions here. I know we talked about, you know, like like short term, like, you know, gaining members, you know, adding some instructors, some machines. What is like the big picture, like long-term vision for you with power rowing? Like, you know, like five, ten years down the road, like where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be?
2: Um Pre-COVID, I was looking at multiple multiple locations. Um, we were actually citing a second location. Thank God it didn't go through. Because, <laughs> wow, that would have been bad. But um, I I would like to possibly open a second location. Um, uh, where Where do I see this in five years? Uh, it, it's hard to say. You know, like uh, I'm at a certain age where like I could probably do this for another five years, maybe seven at the high end. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's probably it for me. But like, I would like the the organization to keep going so that now we come back to like, I have to find that great person to be like, carry on the organization as a vision, you know, then we can open, open, open multiple locations and like do more stuff like that. I, I, I think there's a real opportunity uh for us as kind of a gym that's different than other gyms um you know i i i talk about this every once in a while like i five years ago when we opened uh one of this one of the regulars the father brought his son in who was like 13 or 14 at the time and just learning to row and uh you know i taught him basic form practicing on the erg he he signed up for after two years he signed up for the the high school team got on the varsity team. Um, graduated high school, he got a, a scholarship to row in college crew, and now he's running crew for college. So, like, like that's sort of the life cycle of like, uh, like that's that's the dream is like you, you introduce a sport to someone and the sport changes their life. Um, so I, I would like to keep doing that as long as I can, um, and if we can open up a couple locations, I. I feel like that's a, that's a really good vision for um, a, a gym uh, way more so than like, you know, we have 45 spin cycles here. Let's get 45 people signed up tonight. Um, so it's a, I, I like the idea of like changing people's lives.
1: No, I love it. That, that was my main purpose when I was doing things, you know, um, coaching and stuff like that. And I still do, but um, when you make it about them, then I'm a, a firm, firm believer in, you know, you do good and you will receive good. Agreed. Agreed. Cool, Brian. Um, well, then lastly, um, as always, what we'd like to do is just give the audience a shout out of how can they reach your studio? If they're in the area, if they want to check it out, whether it's social media, whether it's a website, um, tell, tell listeners how they
2: can reach you. So we're, we're in Brookline, Mass, which is uh, uh, basically Brookline attached to Boston. Okay, uh, right, right. Boston's like a big sea. Brookline's kind of in the middle of it. Um, but if you ever want to take classes virtually, all our classes are online virtually as well. You can go to powerrowing.com uh and sign up for our virtual classes. I, I always give people a free class if they want to give it a try. They can free touch me personally. Uh, my email and cell phone are on the website. Um, if someone wants to learn how to row, we do uh, private lessons as well. We could do it via Zoom. or or come on into the studio um once again just check out power rowing.com and you can find everything you want to know awesome
1: all right well for everybody listening out there you heard it from brian himself that's how you can reach him if you're in the area go check him out give one of his virtual classes a try and uh you know learn more than just rowing you know learn like the the education behind it and you'll get yourself a great workout um If you are listening and would like to be on our Gym Lords podcast show, feel free to type your information in the link below and we'll be in touch soon. Until then, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more
0: incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams, and it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now,
4: let's head into the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host, Austin Montero, and today, we're joined by Heather and Scott Everhart from Everhart Life Sport Recovery in State College, Pennsylvania. How are we doing today, guys?
5: doing good. How are you?
4: Awesome. Awesome. Doing great. Doing great. Appreciate you uh coming on today, joining us. How was your weekend? Was it good? Holiday weekend. Was it fun?
5: It was fun. We were moving a lot of equipment to go into our new space. Awesome. So it was yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff, but we also enjoyed it and had a picnic as well. So it was wow.
4: yeah. Work. <laughs> uh, yeah. i yeah, moving gyms is always hard. The heavy equipment, the flooring, I don't kind of flooring you guys have, but that flooring is always always a nightmare. So uh, busy weekend of moving. And I know uh got a lot of members in the, in the space right now. So we're moving to that bigger space, which definitely want to talk about here in a minute. But give us first for the listeners, kind of like, I guess, the elevator speech or what you guys do there at Everhart Life Sport and Recovery.
5: So here at everheart Life Sport Recovery, we do a lot of different kind of training. So we do everything from corrective exercise, where we help people with back pain, knee pain, anything post pre physical therapy um, we also do general exercise to get people to where they need to be with their goals to kind of just live a nice healthy lifestyle and be able to play with their grandkids and be able to do things that they want to do and then on the different side of the spectrum my husband does some different things within the business
3: yeah so i do a lot of more uh, sports performance we have athletes from five um, to you know like pro athletes and then also do a a boxing program for individuals suffering from parkinson's disease so we have that class twice a week that's pretty rewarding actually so i like like those two things as well and then we have the um i'm a tpi certified um fitness instructor so we can assess people and about 16 different movements um that are directly correlated to the golf swing and then we correct those movements and make them as efficient as possible to help them become better
4: golfers yeah. Yeah. I love it yeah so a lot of different services going on so a ton of ways to help a lot of different people like from the Parkinson's class to golfers to kids to uh, people like you said other uh, coming off back pain or any other injuries so really awesome when you guys first said hey we're going to go ahead and we're going to open this business what was your goal from like a business standpoint you know um, as to why you decided this was the best time to do it and we're going to go ahead and go down this road of entrepreneurship within the fitness space?
5: Well, I would say our personal goal was more influencing on our business goal. So we have three kids and where we were at, we were working 14 hour days, five days a week, and our kids are into ice hockey. So anyone that plays right. ice hockey knows that's a big commitment. And our goal as a family was to be able to be a family and enjoy these activities together. So where we were at was not enabling us to do that like we wanted to. So that drove our goal, like, hey, maybe we can do something that will encourage that goal in our lifestyles.
4: So a little more a little more time freedom, right? Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So I think that's a great goal. I think that's probably, should be all of our goals to some extent, You know, especially when we open a business. I'm sure the first couple of years are crazy, right? Building it, building it, which we have to kind of spend some more time there. But you guys are at a great point now when we're moving to a new space. So let's talk about that. I, I love the like... Real estate side of fitness, right? So I know we're in about twelve hundred square feet now, around hundred members. Moving to a bigger space. So tell us, first of all, I guess why you're moving and what that new space, what the new space is all about.
2: What? Kind
5: of- so we are looking to be able to increase our ability for our members to be able to come in on their free time. So as you know, doing training like once a week is beneficial, but if you can do more on your own, it's a lot more cost efficient for the client and it enables them to get to their goals faster. So we wanted to be able to have a place that allowed them to come in in a comfortable atmosphere where the trainers were so around that they could get help if they needed it. Right. And then also from the performance side, we are we train a lot of ice hockey players, football players, lacrosse players. There's a big spectrum. sports performance that we are doing so we need to be able to have more space for them be able to throw weight around and accommodate their needs as well
4: right all right very cool so we need space right Uh, like you said people come in more than just their training sessions so with that with the general fitness component heather or scott how do you guys go about is everybody individually programmed out How, how does that side work for the general fitness people
5: so as in their training yeah yeah um, so what we do now is they come in at specific times for actual training slots. It's kind of a train as you go. We don't really do packages or tell them they have to come. So it's really what they want to do on their goals and their needs. So whenever they come to the new place, we'll be able to maintain those packages and then um, let them come in on their own. Okay. And we give them homework to do whenever they come in that way they have stuff to do at home and that they will be able to do when they come in. So they're still following their set protocol of <laughs> what they should be doing to keep that that safety mechanism in place as well, to make sure they're not hurting themselves and doing right. what they need to be doing to get to the next step.
4: Okay. Yeah. I love that. Now, with that being said, I love that it's individualized to that extent. How did you guys come up with like your pricing setup? Was it based on other gyms around you or is it from past experience or how did you come up with that model?
5: I would say both. So we, do have previous training at other locations within the area that okay. you know what um the standard is for training but we also know that we have trainers on board that are very educated they know what they're doing so we come in a little bit higher price point than what some of the area like training around us is because we have a lot of knowledge that they are, our clients are getting from us from yes. safety and built growth so.
4: yeah that's awesome uh, yeah, I think what we do is super valuable, right? And it's a, a great service we can offer it to a community. I tell you guys, on a website, you guys have one like Trainer of the Year, right, in your area there, which is which is really cool. So, uh,
5: thank you.
4: Always wanted to get that. That was very cool. But all right, so we know why you guys started this thing, right? Uh, looking for that time freedom, uh, whether it's now or, or soon down the road here, which is great.
3: We just lost audio, Austin. We cannot can you? hear you. Can you guys hear me? Now we can. There yeah.
4: we go. Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay uh i'm not sure how much you heard but marketing strategy and philosophy how have you guys gone about getting to this member number in your space uh, what, what does that look like recently as far as a marketing philosophy
5: our marketing is pretty simple we don't really market so okay. it's more organic growth where when our clients come in and they receive the care that they have when they hear that they really like it they get better they see their um growth and progress that they tell other people about it and that's how we've been able to grow our members just by word of mouth
3: so like for us it's basically been about relationships so we but not only are these people clients of ours and most of them have been clients of ours for quite some time but they're also our friends like we we hang out with them outside of the gym so when you have that kind of relationship with somebody and they want to help you you know, like we're helping them. They want to help us. So they tell their friends who come in, and the cycle continues. So that's basically been that. So the biggest thing is, I would say, building good relationships with people and showing people that you care and sure. doing right by them goes a long way.
4: Yeah, and that's a big part of it, right? Like the word of mouth, like you're saying, Scott, and the referral piece is great. And, the, yeah, we form these relationships with our clients. And like you said, hanging out with them outside the gym, all that great stuff. What would you say, have you guys seen like an average new person coming in per month, like a number behind that over, say, just in this year in 2022? Are you guys able to track that? And what does that kind of look like for you guys?
5: Like our new members for the year?
4: Yeah, like, like average per month. What does that kind of look like?
5: Um, it's probably about one or two a month. So it's like a steady for like some months we'll go where we don't hear anything from yeah. um, new people. But then one week we'll have like three or four people.
4: Right. Get
5: of you so this past week we had three people reach out
4: it's awesome it's awesome yeah so then then uh so when they get started right i'm sure you guys have a procedure for getting new people started in the gym because i walk in the gym i joined today heather what does that process and uh kind of cycle look like for that new person coming in to get started
5: well when somebody comes in we want to make sure that we're a good fit for them so right. if they have any issues we want to make sure they have clearance by their doctors if they're allowed to do things there's also scopes that you want to make sure that you're within your realm that way if there's something that you should not be doing or cannot be doing we're all on the same page with that and by figuring that out we start everybody with an assessment so yeah. with assessment we it's not the general and see many sit-ups and push-ups and all that fun stuff you can do because we're not really fan sit-ups anyways but um we actually look at the body mechanics and we see what the imbalances are, what might be triggering some of the pains and issues that our people are having. And even if they're not having issues, we like to see what imbalances they are having to prevent any issues from happening.
2: Okay.
5: So once we get that screening done, we set up programming to do corrective work first, balance things out that way they can properly move um, and be able to do their strength training or get to their sure. goals efficiently and safely.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. So a lot of goal setting in the beginning, like you said, uh, imbalances, checking those out, programming accordingly. So the members are in the gym, are you doing anything? At always on in my gyms, like that first three months of that membership is key, right? For them, for retention, for them to stay for a long time. It's hard to go into a gym, right? Can be intimidating. I mean, you may have, uh, members that have been there a long time, right? Anything you guys have done to keep those members, those new members, to kind of get them engaged within the gym? Anything special you guys are doing for those new, new folks? Whether it's communication or events you may have or maybe pairing them up with an older member, anything along those lines?
5: Well, it really depends. So we find what their <clears throat> comfort zone is because it's really about them. We don't try to shift them one way or the other. We try to find out what they like and what they're looking for. Some people just want to be by themselves and they don't want to be with anyone else. So then we keep yep. just the attention on them and yeah. see what they want out of it and then go from there. And then other people, if they just need a motiv- like a motivational partner, somebody to keep them accountable, then we find a group to stick them in around okay. their age and their okay. um, fitness level.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, it doesn't really have to be the same fitness level because we cater to every need. So we can have some people that can't do like a sit stand out of a chair and people that sure. are doing burpees so we could put them in the same group but still keep it individualized for them but giving them that atmosphere that they want from that social yeah. aspect too
4: yeah yeah that makes total sense and i, I always like kind of big social aspect to these gyms right so the more we can get people engaged and kind of a, that nice community i think they they obviously stay longer over your guys three years there have you seen any kind of life cycle to members like how long does a normal person stay for uh, is that something you've seen over these three years? Any trends along those lines?
3: I would, I would say like, you know, a large percentage of our clients, we've been training for that duration plus, right. like for us, it's, it's more like people in the area we live in, we have a lot of individuals that have multiple homes. So like in the wintertime, they bounce, you know, they go to Florida, they go to Arizona, you know, they go on vacations to wherever so so they leave we get new people in they come back when they get home so like it's a it's a cycle it depends on the time of year to see yes. depending on who's in the gym or not but
4: the the amount of people that are tending to stay is, is fairly high yeah um, that's great awesome to hear uh retention is obviously one of those important systems that we have in place right so yeah, yeah Scotty's yeah. saying that man i think that's a good thing to talk about like you have, you have an area where it's maybe a little more transient people, like you said, travel or have another home or a second home, third home. Um, and obviously there's also like seasonality to our industry, right? Fitness summers may be slower, winters may be busier or vice versa, depending where you are. How do you guys deal with that kind of transient atmosphere of people maybe going to their second home for half the year? Uh, are you guys using your other programs to kind of replace the revenue, maybe lost from them? Or how do you guys best kind of deal with that situation? What?
5: Yeah, I'd say it's kind of nice because it's a consistent flow. So what we call them snowbirds when they leave and then they come back. So when they're leaving, the people that um, are like the professors, they have that more time during the summer, so they come in. So it's a consistent cycle of when people are available to do more. So I would say it's a nice steady flow of consistency.
3: Yeah, that And also like what we're doing now with Zoom, that's been – the, I never used Zoom before the <laughs> this whole virus thing. So, like, we went from running around all day to you know doing these kind of sessions. So now, not so much. I still have a few every week I do zooms with, but that's been you know enabled us to to train people when they go away or when they go on vacation if they still want to work out. You know, doesn't matter where they're at. Like, I've zoomed people in Rome there's zoom people in yeah. california and florida right. and Italy, all of the. it's when they get overseas it gets a little different <laughs> depending on the time change oh
4: yeah it could be a five eight hour difference for sure yeah yeah. But
3: yeah it has helped
4: yeah and i think that's been one of the positives coming out of the past couple of years for our industry is being able to use this tool now right To like you said communicate with uh, your members that may be other side of the country or are out of the country are you guys looking to add that more into your business moving forward the online piece?
5: I mean, we're, we're going to do it as people need it right now. Our big business is just taking care of the people we have. You know, we want to make sure that we're accommodating the people we have and you take care of your people and they take care of you. So it's more of just focusing on them and letting the growth build from there.
4: Got it. Okay. So yeah, client centric focused. Yeah. Client centric focused, putting a good product on the floor, like really caring for our people, which I love, I think. And I think that's awesome. So moving forward guys. So Big things coming here or moving probably in a few weeks, right? Where yeah. is your mindset next next six to 12 months for you guys? What is like that main one or two things from a growth perspective that you're really focused on and want to accomplish?
5: I would say to uh, meet new people to be able to extend our services to more people um to help. So the main goal would just be really making more contacts, filling the gym and just helping as many people as we can, kind of okay. like we wanted from the start. Yeah
3: yeah thanks our well grow our membership sure and then get more tranquil clients out.
4: yeah serve serve as many people as we can right I think I think we all kind of open that open a gym for, with the same idea somewhere in there so with that like just a few more questions guys now uh, team behind us obviously you know we want to have that time freedom so we need that team behind us to pick up the slack and kind of fill the fill the void if you will so we can kind of work on the business, maybe not so much in it. Where's your team at behind you guys? What do you have behind you as far? Just I know it's you two guys running the business. Is there a team behind you of trainers, coaches, managers? What does that look like?
5: Uh, We do have another team member. His name's Mike Rizzuto, who's been doing a great job. He started with us a little over a year ago. Awesome. And we all just teamwork from there. Everybody does not have a certain role. Like we don't have a cleaner, we don't have a manager, like I guess Mm -hmm. I do some of the managing, but everybody is very good at communicating and just helping each other out. So having a good team that shares the load is very vital to a business. And luckily we have that, so.
4: Yeah, it's the best way to scale, right? We have the team behind us, we can scale the business uh, pretty fast. Can right. replicate a lot of systems so yeah for this new place for sure are you guys looking to add anybody else in the future moving to the bigger space
5: yes we did put yeah. out a okay. um looking for hiring more trainers that way we can add a couple more people to our nice. team so awesome. we're in the process of doing interviews and collecting resumes yeah, right yeah.
4: Now. always a fun part right yeah. how's that gone so far it's been i've been talking like i said people all over all over the country seems to be a tougher thing right now the hiring process for for quality coaches have you guys have you guys done any interviews yet what are you experiencing so far in that regard
5: well right now we're collecting resumes so so we're hoping like our first interview will be next week cool we're hoping that everything goes well and he seems like a very honest and knowledgeable person so go from there
4: that's awesome and uh obviously help us so once you guys do bring on another coach or two how is your role going to change? Will it change at all at this point? Or would that be more down the road? Or are you looking to, are you, are you guys looking to eventually take a step back from coaching? Where, where's your guys' mindset around that?
5: Uh, right now I feel like it's not interfering with our children. Yep. We, we like what we do and we like coaching. So awesome. we'll probably be doing it for a while.
3: No foreseeable future. Yeah. <laughs> this, this lady here, she runs a show. Like she, <laughs> she's the captain of this shit, man. Like, so it makes my life really easy because I get to do what I really love to do and that's coaching. And, you know, I don't have to worry about the the books or right. uh, a yeah. computer system or talking to sure. the code people or the real estate guy. So yeah, yeah. like she does all that. So I get to do what I love and like moving forward, you know, we do have three kids. Our oldest is 12. he will be 12 in September and the youngest one's one. So like, the evenings for me is a big thing. I'd like to do a little less work in the air. Yeah, sure. So that's where that team comes into play. And I realize there's a lot of, especially sports performance. That's typically when you do a lot of that is after school in the evenings, yeah. but you know, if I was to take a step back from that, I'm definitely not opposed to that at all.
4: I'm, yeah. hundred percent. And yeah. Give you guys some time. Some of the kids obviously is a great thing. And, uh, like you just said there, Scott, I think that makes the perfect partnership, right? Like we can both kind of focus on our strengths, so to speak, and uh, kind of know our role. And just, uh, I think it makes for the best the best partnership and for the business to succeed, right? Uh, last thing, guys, so we have a lot of people who listen, they want to open a gym, you know, they're kind of where we were years back. Any advice you'd give to them from your experience to kind of set them up for success as to maybe some best practices when getting started with a gym? Yeah, I would say marry someone smarter than you. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like That's always good advice, man. Always good.
5: <laughs> I guess my advice would be like, I took about a little over a year of planning and making things were yeah. in place, um, saving to make sure that my family was still the number one forefront of making right. sure that everything was good and ready to roll before putting them in the situation of something maybe going south so just making sure you have everything planned you know your a b's and c's getting a mentor give a mentor that has already been there especially listening to your podcast would be a great first step you're interviewing a lot of business owners that have been there and started it so taking their advice learning from them and along the way you're going to have hiccups and growing pains and that's okay to not give up just to keep moving forwards and do what you need to do to get where you need to be where you
3: want to be i would say too like um don't bite off more than you can chew it doesn't have to all happen overnight you know like we didn't go from nothing to a five thousand square foot facility that's you know state of the art all of all of a sudden you know this next step is not going to be our ending point either so like you know it's little increments you know we're growing a little bit at a time and that way you don't accumulate uh drowning debt you know like so you can still live happily you can do what you want to do still help people you're not you're not stressed out all the time about money you know you can live your life a little easier that way and i I thought heather did a great job of this when we started like there's a lot of stuff that i want like we need to get this and this and this the coolest stuff you know like we a, you know buy like a, all these pelotons or something you know like something like that so hold on let's just let's pick one you know and go from there so that that's been a good thing about us like yeah. she's kind of level-headed and I like to yeah <laughs> a little bit but there's always a little bit give and take too so like you know, I need that little head miss. I think she needs to push a little bit of time. So it's, it's been a good fit. I'm
4: yeah. the- oh, real, I agree. And it sounds like getting like a little persistence, right? Like you said, and kind of leading with revenue. I think two great uh, tidbits of advice for those listening. So, so guys, I appreciate you coming on here today. I think it's a great place to wrap this up. Heather, Scott, where can we find you guys? Uh, website, social media, where can we find you? Check you out and follow your story.
5: So our website is www.everheartlsr.com. And then uh, Facebook is Everheart Life Sport Recovery. And then on the flip side, my husband does some of the other social
3: programs. Oh, he's on Instagram. It's Everheart Life Sport Recovery. And that's the same on Twitter.
4: Beautiful. Awesome, guys. I'll give you guys a follow afterwards. But hey, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Good luck with the move, exciting times, and uh, best of luck.
5: All right. right, Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot.
4: And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the Jim lords podcast i am your host my name is joe fitzgerald joining us on the show today we have lee Manif of bucked up fitness coming to you from north carolina lee what's going on man how are you today
7: yes sir doing well
6: thank you for having me i am i'm excited to get into this those that regularly listen to the podcast might recognize the Bucked Up brand, but this is a relatively new business in the grand scheme of things. And so give us some context here before we dive into the day-to-day and and the business conversation that we'll have. What is Bucked Up Fitness? Describe this thing to us.
7: Yeah, so Bucked Up Fitness uh, is the first of its kind. Uh, the, The brand Bucked Up really got very famous back in the mid 2010s uh, for those that may be Baltimore Ravens fans may recall a deer antler spray being used back in 2013 uh, when Ray Lewis tore his tricep. Ray Lewis. So bucked up the owners, uh, they are a set of twins out of Utah and they were mass marketing and producing deer antler spray. So Deer Antler Spray turned into DAS Labs, which is the overarching parent company, and because of the success of the brand and the community, turned that into the brand that we all know is Bucked Up. So Bucked Up Fitness was always an idea of saying that the community was built around supplements and performance. Well, in order to benefit at the highest level from their supplementation, you got to hit the gym. You got to take care of yourself. So Bucked Up was contemplating and really looking into when to enter the fitness space. And uh, through some incredible conversations, we started the first Bucked Up Fitness uh, in 2021. And we just entered our, uh, we'll say about 14, 15 month of operation.
6: Yeah. and And so... This is an exciting time to have this conversation in the grand scheme of things. The brand has existed. There's been many evolutions along the way to get here, but now bucked up fitness an entity of its own, albeit affiliated with these other brands, but bucked up fitness, 14 or so months in business. Look back on that time here for a minute, Lee, just kind of reminisce for a moment. What's been your favorite part? about being an owner in this business and what's been the most challenging part about running this business so far?
7: Yeah, so uh, day one, we came in an empty shell. Uh, The building itself had locker rooms, uh, it had some walls and a little bit of paint. Uh, I was fortunate to being able to be brought on uh, from an employee standpoint from day one. Uh, I was employee one, so I was a part of the initial build out, Um, the design, the implementation, the back end, all of it. And the day that we started to let members come in and utilize the tools and toys that we brought to them, honestly, that's the best part about being involved. And you mentioned being an owner. Uh, So I'm a part of a group that owns this First, bucked up fitness. Uh, so, being able to not only have that ownership part, but also operate it and see it from day one, it's amazing to see the feedback that we get from the members. Because there are some things that we did day one that will never get recognized, and there are things that we did day one that get recognized nearly every day. So, yeah. those those little moments of you know, almost a sigh of relief to say, wow, the blood, the sweat, the tears, because all of that was present uh, when we were building this place. It's all worth it. And it gets, you know, reaffirmated every day as we show that person who comes in for the first time, that's the best part. It's it's new for them, uh, which, you know, essentially recycles the excitement every day and
6: for for context for our listeners build out still ongoing you mentioned we came into an empty shell we still have projects on projects and and things that we're looking to launch and bring to the public we'll get into that here in a moment uh but talk to us a little bit about i mean obviously the the context of this the meat and potatoes lee is the membership right people paying efts What else is available? I walk through your doors interested in something more than just a gym membership. What can I sign up
7: for? Yeah. So the moment you walk through our doors, the first thing you'll be greeted with is the only bucked up retail center on the entire East coast. So of course we have, uh, them on speed dial to order stuff on a very regular basis. So the moment that we get some new products, We all get new products, which is very exciting. And then in the facility itself, you know, we have your standard locker room, sauna, showers, you know, stuff like that. But the gym itself, if if the listeners have been into the collegiate setting and the team related setting uh, in regards to athletics, the collegiate weight room is what we were trying to build when we first started this, meaning, It's much more of a community when you come into the facility that you really don't have people staying off to the side. You really have people congregating and working together. And it's a very much, oh, hey, Joe, hey, Lee, hey, so-and-so. And by doing that, our performance director is able to have much less of a selling side as he walks and shows his value to the members because we do offer coaching training. But by having that type of environment, it's much less of us trying to be a trainer. He's more of a coach.
3: Mm.
7: So the the environment is much more, uh, you know, it's much more simple for people to open up to us and let us know what we can better suit them for. So the coaching side is a very large portion of what we do here. In In terms of the group fitness and different things like that. We're actually pursuing that in our phase two, as we've added about 10,000 square feet of additional space in the building. And right now we're just kind of figuring out the build out portion uh, towards that tail end. And once we start getting members to come on up and see the initial shell space, that's when they're ultimately going to help dictate which direction we should go.
6: Yeah. Yeah. It's
7: exciting.
6: Anybody that's been a part of gym buildouts in the past knows that that you get goosebumps at this point because there's so much potential. There's so many different directions that we can go. For you guys, it's a somewhat of a unique situation because we have this affiliated brand and a somewhat known place in the market already. But from a, a marketing standpoint, we what have you guys done to just to get some people through the doors? What's
7: worked well for you in the last year and, and what maybe hasn't worked so well? So Bucked Up has a pretty expansive, they call it their ambassador program. And the ambassador program is something that they built it based off from their own community of supporters. And they pay back to the ambassador when support is given to the ambassador. So. When we first were opening this and ready to open the doors, Bucked Up sent a text out to all of their ambassadors in a several hundred mile radius and said, hey, you got to get here. It's our first gym. Now, no one's ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. So they were crucial in gaining traction and letting people even know that we're here because I mentioned being a part of this day one. Day one took place in August. Day one with members took place in November. This was a very quick turnaround. So when Bucked Up sent a text out, it created a frenzy where our social medias blew up, emails blew up, phones blew up, because it was just a, it was like a flash opening. So once people came in, we said, hey, all the local ambassadors, you can come here before we even open Come, come shoot some content, come take some pictures, come tag us. So we wanted to use our own community that had already shown support to Bucked Up. We just needed mm-hmm. them to understand now that there's an entire community that doesn't even know we're here. And you're the first to help let people know who we are. Yep. And that's been crucial since day one.
6: And so leaning into the affiliate program, we, we do this somewhat organically. Do I understand correctly, did you guys spend any money in advertising or was this purely through the brand that we had already built?
7: Well, bucked up, probably spent a few bucks, you know, and uh, because they do have kind of their CMO out there doing her thing, building out different graphics, a website, stuff like that. But when you talk about a a true grand opening that most facilities do, we, 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 I know a lot of franchises will have a minimal requirement as to how much you need to spend in advertising for your opening weekend. Uh, We didn't, it said, Hey, everybody tell one person and maybe that one person tells another person. So in terms of our facility, our growth month over month has been very reflective in a very linear, smooth. We, we didn't explode with a thousand members day one. We hit our 100, then our 200, then our three. And we've just been very gradually growing because it wasn't like, hey, we're, we're here to stay as long as possible. And the members have done a very good job of helping us get the word out, um, you know, past, past a few, maybe some Facebook ads and, you know, some minimal things. But it, we didn't have some expansive campaign uh, in regards to advertising. And so far, it you know, it it's almost proven to work in a very linear, organic way. It, it hasn't been an overwhelming uh, trajectory yeah. for us. We've we've been able to manage it very, very efficiently.
6: I think that's probably a blessing in disguise as well, is because we can sort of get our ducks in a row and get our bearings to put out the fires that come up inevitably. Anybody that's run a gym before knows that. There's challenges, there's things that'll come up. And as we have this this much more anticipatable growth curve, we can get used to all of those things. Like you said, we didn't have a 1,000 on day one. Things might not have gone as smoothly, but we added members month over month over month. Is there a number in your head, Lee? Hey, I think we could handle... 2,000. Hey, I think we can handle 1,500. Hey, I think we can handle 10,000. What's the ultimate member target given the space that you guys have?
7: Yeah. So, you know, our our facility is so interesting because our utilization rate is high. It is very high. Uh, About 40% is what our our utilization is day over day. So every single day we're averaging 40% of our members being in the building. So due to the space, now that we've added about that nine, 10,000 square feet upstairs, it's funny because it it almost depends on what time people show up because, you know, you say peak hours in a typical gym. Uh, We have our peak hours, but from a total membership, honestly, I think that the 2,000 would be a, a very achievable, but yet still challenging goal. Yeah. Uh, because our, our because the demo
6: is so dedicated right yes
7: yeah i mean because what the a f- unique
6: th- challenge that's good well, okay
7: yeah if we had you know if we did still maintain that 40 percent, which honestly it's it's not there's there's a certain gigantic multi-billion dollar franchise that if their members showed up even 20 percent at one time the average facility would have to close due to regulations because the building code says you can't have so many people in the building at one time but the membership is so high but the utilization is so low we are we're opposite we we have a very reasonable membership given our time frame but our utilization is so high that not an hour ago i was speaking with the majority owner and we're talking about ordering another 10 barbell stations because we have to add more space because our members keep coming. And, and you know, and you would think that, Hey, we want more. <laughs> less this is people a good coming. problem to
6: have. Yeah. Yeah.
7: But I mean, you know, more people show up more use of the equipment, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, a but like you said, it's a good problem because our members just have such a dedication to this facility that we just need to give more opportunity. and. You know, even when we add 10 more stations, I cannot wait for the day that that's not enough. You know, we need to continue to max out what we currently have and go, wow, we need more. I mean, that's, that's exciting as someone who, you know, operates the gym daily. Um, I love shopping for gym equipment. And uh, it, it's definitely been a, a, a blast being, being here every day seeing it. I would imagine
6: that that high of a usage also reflects well into retention metrics down the line. Before we get to that, I want to I wanna pick your brain on the sales aspect and how actually how people sign up for this. When we get a lead, when somebody's interested, what happens?
7: Who do they talk to? What's that conversation about? How do they actually go about signing up? Yeah, so uh, we've actually, we've definitely gone about this uh, a little bit different. So most facilities will have a dedicated sales staff and day one, we, we started down that path and through some different challenges that arose, um, the, the we, we now don't have a dedicated sales team. What we've done is we've cross-trained our front desk attendant, which our facility is staffed at all hours. We never don't have staffed hours. So the front desk, uh, typically we have, you know, your college kids and, you know, 25 and under kind of, you know, age brackets where they still are paid typically, but they also have a commission basis when they sign a member up. Mm -hmm. So no, no matter who's at the facility, every single person is trained to handle a membership. So we, we just brought on a, a young gentleman who's going to handle our outside membership for corporate rates and group events and things like that. But when someone comes in, if they've never been here before, our uh, CRM system will send them a follow-up email to say, thank you for visiting the facility. They'll have a hyperlink directly to our membership options. And we try and personalize the emails as much as possible So for the longest time, I was handwriting the emails so that way that person did not read the email and think that a robot sent it. I want them to know that this facility is going to take the time to personalize the experience and uh, everybody's so accessible that if a question came up regards to membership, it doesn't matter who you ask at the facility. We're we're all happy to have you here. You don't have to yeah. wait until one or two people are available for you. If you're going to take the time to be available for us, there's no question we are available for you as well.
6: Yeah. One thing that that stands out to me in this kind of model, and it sounds like the plans are to get there in the future. You mentioned a performance coach. You mentioned Group training and, and certain aspects of that here in the future. Is that a conversation better held at, at that original point of sale, or do you usually typically handle that down the line?
7: So the, I will say the aura the of our facility is P, we, okay, so we're in January, right? There's, there's no beating around the bush. People know what January typically entails, right? It's a lot of individuals who are beginning their fitness journeys. Or getting back into their fitness journeys. For our facility, we've now been open two straight Januarys. We have had, I will say, single digits each each January of said individuals. Our facility is so interest. It's so interesting because when somebody comes in for the first time, we make sure to have that interaction to say, "Hey, how did you hear about us?" and when you talk about the coaching or you talk about group or other things, maybe it's just the environment, but people are so open to letting us know. And we'll be sure to introduce because our performance director, he's not just here for training. He is here so often that uh, when he's here, he's watching form, he's making sure people know how to use equipment correctly. We make sure to introduce each person to the different members of staff, because I've also strategically picked the staff members based on their personality, based on what they do for training, based on a lot of factors that uh, make people very approachable that if they do come in and say, Hey, I'm interested in coaching or training, regardless, we're going to do our best to introduce you to the head of that because he needs to show that he cares about you before you're going to care about what he does. Yeah. This is cool,
6: man. I, this is, It's an exciting time for a business. I mean, even still a year in, we're still building out programs and, and getting pieces in place. Talk to me about the future of this. Obviously things are early, but what do you see as as the big picture for this specific location here in
7: the next handful of years? Wow. So there's a lot here. So uh, we are, we're calling it phase two. So phase two is we've now taken over the additional space upstairs. And in the next few weeks, we will be able to allow members to come up. And we have several different rooms already built out. We're subleasing a space to a physical therapy clinic to come in and have them specialize in what they do. Uh, we're adding indoor basketball to one of the spaces we have upstairs. And we're, we're looking into many different group instructors based on requests from our current members and, and you know, maybe past members. Uh, so we'll be offering things like yoga, Zumba, stuff like that the the main gym space that we have downstairs which is about 10,000 square feet we have that thing packed with equipment but with the additional space upstairs we're actually transitioning our 1200 square feet of turf downstairs into more turf upstairs and converting more of the downstairs gym into more of the lifting so the idea is to keep the first floor as the exercise and the lifting. If you want to go upstairs, the plan is to maximize the second floor as our activity and movement floor. So if you want to throw sleds around, kettlebells, you want to do some, you know, some gymnastics, you got our basketball, all that is gonna require some space, which we have now. But downstairs, we are gonna we are going to dominate the exercise in our area. Uh, cause I've never seen a gym with 10 power racks and we're adding 10 more. <laughs> so we, we, we are just, we see such value in movement in exercise. So there are yeah. things that we do not want to have in this facility. And we welcome the other gyms in our area that offer certain amenities that it, 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 we love our gym. Um, but we also see value in a gym that's $10 a month. And we see value in a gym that's $200 a month. We want to be the gym that doesn't have so much that you're paying for that you don't use, but also so little that it's almost, you almost don't care that you have the membership. We, We want people to understand that you're paying, you know, for a value that we believe is set very high. So we have a lot of ideas, um, some that are going to take place over the next year, uh, but we're also in negotiations with future locations to uh, expand outside of the Cary, North Carolina area. And start adding more. That was going to
6: be my next question here, Lee, is is big, big picture this thing for me. What's what's the timeline? What's your involvement? How interested are you in multiple locations? Talk
7: to us about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, very excited, very eager. Uh, I've been very fortunate to partner with, you know, some like-minded individuals, but the owners and myself, they trust my day-to-day judgment with such autonomy that it, it's exciting to be able to look at what we've done here, but also understanding that we're in North Carolina. If we pick our gym up, we would need to do many things different. If we go to Nashville, Tennessee, or Houston, Texas, we need to continue our culture building within the community So we've done a very good job of seeing what Carrie asked for. When we go to more locations, we need to continue with the same mindset and look at what does that community want? Because we, we can't just pick our gym up and say, Hey, here you go. This worked in our town. It's going to work in your town. We need to look and see because the gym community uh, is very honest And if we just ask, what do you want, and we see what others have been giving them, I think that we can really make uh, a big splash in this space by just listening to our members and executing uh, at a very high efficiency.
6: This is exciting, Lee. I I'm not in North Carolina, but it sounds like a facility I would train at. We're running a bit shy on time here, but in the short bit that we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about this first location? Is there a website? Is there social? Where can people go?
7: Yeah, so we do have a website. It's buckedupfitness.com. Uh, we we do quite a bit on our Instagram. That's our primary social media, which would be Bucked Up Fitness, So. C-A-R-Y, that's going to be designated directly to this location. Um, Feel free to always DM us, message us, call us, email us. We're very accessible and excited for people to come check us out.
6: It's fantastic. Lee, this has been awesome, man. I I really appreciate anybody willing to, to give a look behind the scenes into how their business functions, but I'm excited to see what the future of this holds. It sounds like it's very, very early and there's a lot left to be seen. So. I appreciate you coming on and I wish you
7: nothing but the best, my man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to anybody who took the time to listen today. And I look forward to providing updates in the future. Spot
6: on. Like Lee said, thank you to everyone who tuned in. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time,
0: Jim Lords out.